You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio. We can all agree Spider-Man 2 is a superior film, but I would argue the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man had the better soundtrack. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watch the Scooby-Doo spinoff, Daphne and Velma, with Jackson Bailey, who uses he, him pronouns. If you like this episode, drop us a positive review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. And I'm on Twitter, at StopTweetingMia. Thanks for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week. As always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. I had a surprisingly good time with Valma and Daphne. It was so much fun. That is very surprising to me in particular because I hated this. <laughs> That's I'm great. glad there will be some discourse on this because I feel like usually me and you are very in tandem on Scooby-Doo things. Absolutely. We're yeah. always in agreement and that's boring. We need some some uh, We need some yeah, absolutely. Some fire here. <laughs> I don't know. I think I went into it with such low expectations that like I was sitting cuz I watched this on a tram and then a train on my phone. The greatest way to watch it as intended. And I don't know. I I laughed genuinely like three or four times. It wasn't perfect. Okay. <laughs> but it was much better than I thought it was going to be. I, I guess that I just expected a little bit more because I love, like, girl power Yeah, in for movies. sure. Like, I love, like, Josie and the Pussycats and Gem and the Holograms. Like, even the 2015 Gem and the Holograms. And I think that that kind of, like, transcends time. Like, anything yeah. from the 80s or the 90s or the early 2000s or now, it can all be great. And this one just kind of, like fell so flat and i think that's a lot down to the performances yeah look i really liked uh who was playing velma i should have gotten anybody's any of the actors names up i have not i think they're both named sarah all right all right that's great if true um velma sarah i liked her interpretation of velma as a very rude woman like that was great i would not have got that from watching the cartoon but it was cool that that's where she took it And I also thought this movie did a really good job, more than any other piece of Scooby-Doo media, and this is a massive claim, but it's coming, of giving Daphne anything worthwhile to do. 
yeah, there's always been a struggle to find anything for her to do. Yeah. Like, in the live action, in the James Gunn written film, she was there, and they were like, she's good at karate. Yeah, that was such a baffling. Okay. They're like, I guess she'll be the um, martial arts member of the Scooby gang. You know, that's what they were lacking. Sure. But also with the Scooby gang, I think, what does Fred bring? Really, Velma and Shaggy are the only ones bringing anything Fred's got a car. He just he just brings like a cishet white man bravado <laughs> yeah, yeah, that the team exactly. really needs. Like Shaggy, Shaggy's a total beta male. He can't do any of that. <laughs> That's true. Nobody listens to anybody else. They listen to the dog before they listen to Velma. Yeah, I so, guess. And you need that. You yeah. need that in a mystery solving crew. He's like, let's go into this abandoned building. This isn't trespassing. It'll be okay. I thought for a second <laughs> with this movie that because I'm always interested to see what they do with Daphne, because it's always interesting. I thought they were going to be like, mm-hmm. Daphne's power is privilege, because she came from a wealthy family, and she was always lucky. She lives in a super mansion. Yeah, yeah, I was like, is that where they're going with this? And then, no, they took a far more baffling direction with that <laughs> that I didn't understand. Well, Daphne's characterization here is so weird. Just in the, at the beginning, it tries to act like her thing is that she's lucky. Yeah. There's like, they're like, she's really, really lucky. And just things just always work out for her. And she just always knows the answers, even though she didn't study. And she has a robot that picks out her outfits for her. And that's weird. Is this the future? Yeah. No, it's just <laughs> yeah. so, sort of the present. And then it turns out that her dad is just the ultimate helicopter parent and has just followed her around her entire life dressing up in silly costumes yeah. and making everything work out for her. The, the movie paints him as like sort of incompetent and sort of like just a goofy dad. Yeah. But it's like, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, if he yeah. brought her to a 4.0 GPA, she doesn't even know what a letter below A is to get a grade. Which which not only like indicates, obviously she's never gotten anything lower than an A, but also that she yes. has somehow paid- She was so, not aware. Yes, a little attention to the rest of the classes that she was in. Like she just never- learned that those were options she was it was it was baffling but i did like the gag where her helicopter parent dad has done like four years at a school of of fashion or something so that he could pick out her outfit every morning and then when she was wearing clothes that she'd put together herself he was like it looks bad because he knew (laughs) that made me laugh he he had the education to know that she didn't look good and that was very funny i liked that it had stuck with him for some reason But yeah, it was a very baffling decision. Like, I don't know what purpose it served at all, really, in the movie. It it just makes him seem, like, very omnipotent. Because he, like, the first day when she wakes up and she goes downstairs for breakfast, she's like, oh, what is this? Oh, a book on astronomy. Oh, a book about the moons of Saturn. That's cool. Thanks, Dad. And then she looks at it for five seconds. Yeah. And then she goes to class and aces a test on the moons of Saturn. And it's like... Okay, so one, he knew that that was going to be on the test. He was ready for it. He prepped her without her ever realizing he's been doing this for years now. Two, she looked at the book for two seconds and then aced the test. She didn't even know that that was going to be a thing. It's like, so she has superpowers too. Yeah, like she is also super clever. Like she's got that, like an eidetic memory. She can just read the book once and she's there. But also her dad's been helping this whole time. Because the the school that they go to, the high school, is like a school for geniuses, right? Is that the implication? Oh, yeah. You know that it's a tech school for geniuses, much like Reboot, The Next Generation. (laughs) Big Reboot vibes. Absolutely. The very beginning of this is just like a little like 
intro video to the school with a robot woman announcing it for some reason. There's kids on segways. There's kids with hologram phones. You know they're smart because they have a segway. (laughs) Exactly. They're riding a segway. Damn, they must be clever. Do you think this is the same school from Reboot the Next Generation? I wouldn't be shocked. It's the same high tech. I don't know why that's a thing that like movies and TV shows like this about teens who can't act very well try to make us think it's like a real thing like it's it's do those schools exist do schools for very clever students exist or am i have i just lived a sheltered life (laughs) i don't know they definitely do have like tech schools and science schools and stuff like that like in bigger cities yeah but i think that the common ground here is that there's always like somebody really pulling the strings and these kinds of things like in this one it's a school owned by a corporation run by a teenage girl using a hologram to look like an adult man uh-huh. don't worry about it don't, we'll talk about it <laughs> in that one it was like the entire school was like made by the main character austin's dad to create Internet warriors, <laughs> question mark. I don't know. That's great. It's so true. There's always somebody with a, a plan that doesn't quite really make a lot of sense working behind the scenes. Well, because to jump around here in this one, we'll yeah. just go non-chronologically because yeah. who gives a shit? At the end, it's revealed that the big villain was another girl from their class who used hologram imagery to pretend to be a 35-year-old man because nobody would believe that a teenage girl could create a cell phone and run a billion dollar company. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you also created the cell phone by yourself. You uh-huh. created a hologram of a yeah. man that's like fully functional. Okay. I like that you had like two reveals, but they were kind of the same. Rev- like in that the the solution to the mystery was that somebody was kidnapping teens to steal their ideas. And when you think right. that the hologram is the villain, when you think he's a human being, he's like, hey, that I've been stealing teens' ideas, and then you find out he's a hologram, and then the the real right. villain, who is a teenage girl, is like, I'm stealing teens' ideas. And you're like, I, I got it. I think I mean, what does this add? It's it's much like the 2002 Scooby-Doo live-action film where Mr. Monteverius turned out to be Scrappy-Doo the That's whole time. That's true. Great. I like to think of it as an homage <laughs> to that film. Yes, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I like that, that she was also gone to the trouble of creating an entire school. Like, that is a... That is a skill unto itself. That's not the kind of thing you can just, if you're very clever, you can make a school. There are permits involved, boards of education. (laughs) Right, and she does it all as a hologram, and it's not like anybody ever went up and tried to shake the man's hand. I guess that there's there's one moment in the middle where, like, the principal of the school or like Velma's aunt tries to go up and hug yeah. the guy, the big entrepreneur guy. And he's like, uh, and he like does a little trick That's and gets true. around her without touching her. But it's like he went seven years without touching anybody once. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like that, that's There are just cleverer ways to go about it. I also like, because there's a reveal at the end that the main villain girl is 26. Now that's still right. young to run a school, but like at 23, you could have started. You know what I mean? Sure. A teenager, right. maybe people aren't going to trust as much, but an adult, generally, people will. The movie is trying to have like some sort of statement on like, women in the business world, I guess. Yeah, I And that she had to become like a 35-year-old white man with a nice five o'clock shadow named Bloom. 
That's true. All right, I guess. Go I'll, for it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like that he was Japan's number one male model. And then later on, they call him, him an obscure male model. I think if you are Japan's ma- number one, you're not obscure. <laughs> <laughs> obscure for you, maybe. You would think that like that guy would at some point be like, hey, yeah, that's, exactly. that's me. Hey, what I'm not hell? running that school. Like, he has an entire agency behind him making sure people aren't stealing images of him, yeah, but somebody exactly. has retromapped his entire face onto a business CEO yeah. in America on the biggest, on the Apple of America. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, imagine if Steve Jobs I guess. back in the day was Japan's number one male model. Someone would have known. <laughs> Someone would have said something. Uh, but that's it's funny that like she she just picked that guy at random. But I like that she was also drinking Remune. I don't know how to pronounce the, that like the drink that he was the sponsor of. There's like so there's oh, like a, sure. sh- a shot of him and it's like r- remune which a remune I don't know how to say it, but it's like a a Japanese drink I guess and she's drinking it later on when she's creating him which I guess implies that she was just a big fan of his and was like well maybe his face is what I'll use for my hologram man like so many right. bizarre <laughs> steps to take yeah somehow she got a lifetime supply of this drink by using the face it's the big question. <laughs> yeah. Because this was like a big plot point in the latest Spider-Man movie where it's like, oh, this character is actually like a hologram and there was an entire team of 50 people that created the hologram and they work on it for days at a time every time he has to go out in public. With yeah. this, she's like, she just gets in a little booth and she's like, that's, <laughs> I'm him. I'm it's, the guy. I can, I can do whatever I want with him. I can move him around. It's not even a stress. I can run an entire By school. herself. Without being like at a computer console, like yeah. she inside of a booth is doing it. Okay, it's also awesome. I guess. It's it's so funny that she decided to go to the school. She did not have to. Yeah, just so she could like survey. I guess no, no. Actually, that's fair. Maybe she was just kind of to see what the situation was. I I do think that the 26-year-old thing was like a meta joke because the main actresses in this movie, I think they say it's supposed to be their freshmen in high school. I think they say like, this is your first year of high school. So they're supposed to be 14. They are 22, like 23 years old. (laughs) Yeah. no, Not little kids, definitely adults. I did like the joke where... She's like, oh, I'm I'm 26, and she's like, wow, you look great for 26. And she's like, it's not, it's not actually that old, but thank you. That yeah. made me. La- that was <laughs> yeah. one of the moments that I laughed at. I was like, good joke. There were a couple moments in this movie where you're like, oh, this was written by a human being. Like, yeah, I can see how somebody would sit down and think that was funny. Okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. This this film surprisingly didn't have any of, and it could have, but luckily didn't have any of that. Like, these are jokes that have been like tested for as many kind of demographics as possible. Clearly, this film had a specific sense of humor, and I think I liked that about it. I do think there was way too much improv in this, though. Like, it felt like a lot of the time they just kind of, like, let the camera go, and it's like, these kids are not good at this. (laughs) Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, even their fight scenes together, Daphne and Velma, it's like, okay, so this feels like a freshman year, like, improv course with a bunch of teenagers, and they were like, improvise a fight. Put it to film. Put it Absolutely. on Cartoon Network. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something about the way they made up. And that scene was so baffling. Like, for those not in the know, Velma and Daphne are fighting and they're put on a couch that's designed to help with conflict resolution. Which, by the way, it doesn't... Their conflict never makes any sense because we go into the movie from the very beginning and it's like... Daphne just moved to Velma's school. Velma's mad at her even though they're best friends online for yeah. some reason. 
and doesn't want to talk to her. And then the entire movie, we have to watch them not talk to each other for 45 minutes. And it's like, there needs to be some inciting incident. Like there needs to be something shitty that Daphne did or some mistake that she made or some misunderstanding that's like, that's why Velma doesn't want to talk to her. Instead, it's just like literally nothing. The entire movie. I could not figure it out. I, like, I, th- I thought maybe because Velma knew something mysterious was happening, she's like, I don't want you involved. Because she kept on being like, oh, it's yeah, for your own good. Yeah, she keeps on saying like, don't get near me. Yeah. Basically, the plot of the movie is that the, the main girl, the bad mm. girl that's pretending to be the businessman is taking the top students from this school and brainwashing them, stealing all their ideas, funneling them into her own brain so she could be super smart. Also sort of like the 2002 Scooby-Doo movie where yeah, he's funneling all the souls into himself, true. but whatever. Um, and basically Daphne is climbing the ladder at the school because all of the top students are moving down. Yeah. So then Velma's like, I don't want to get you involved. I don't want to get you wrapped up in this stuff. But it's like she's going to be involved yeah. literally three days from now. Surely dude. if you just let her know what's happening, then she can flunk her own grades or whatever. Yeah, that was a very baffling right. decision. I also thought that maybe they were going to go the, the route of like, Velma's like, hey, I'm unpopular and hated by this school. I don't want you to get dragged down with me. So, hey, go yeah. live your own popular girl life. That's okay. But no, that's not how they went. And and I think that's sort of a shame. I was really excited when I saw that, like, it, it opened with Velma just marching angrily through the yard towards school, bumping into people. Everyone had a comment. I thought that was really funny in so many right. scenes. It, it, it was like they filmed the scene and then someone watched it later and was like we need people talking about exactly what's happening on the screen we need like (laughs) the equivalent of a greek chorus for some reason for every single scene so you'd like get velma walking through the yard and you'd have like a thousand people being like oh my god she's so rude oh look at her go she just bumped into that woman oh my god where i like i can see it i'm watching it but i was like great we're gonna get a very rude velma but then i guess it's established by her aunt piper Dinkley. Piper Dinkley. <laughs> that must be her name. Um, but she's just putting on like this act. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Best thing about the movie, Piper Dinkley. Um, but yeah, like, oh, it's all an act. She's actually lovely or just like a normal person. I th- I was upset by that. I want rude Valma. Well, yeah. And I think the thing is, is that they, they sort of establish her at the beginning as like she's sort of rude. She's sort of a burnout. She's like not yeah. really doing anything in classes and it's like she should be cool as fuck like she should be like 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 bender from the breakfast club or she should just be like super queer and cool and like do the burnout thing instead she's just like i'm a nerd and nobody likes me and uh i'm also not interesting (laughs) yeah yeah because i i agree i thought they were gonna go like the like she's sort of a burnout she kind of can see like the weird hypocrisy of the school and like the very strange way it's like hey we got a a, literally a leaderboard of what student is not only doing the best academically but also somehow taking into account their social media like was that like if you have more friends than someone else on whatever the (laughs) you'll be higher that's rough as hell yeah yeah the whole thing was that it takes like your social media account your your brain's Mm. And you're bronze and it puts them all together. But it's like there needs to be something in the movie that establishes like we get it because we've seen so much Scooby-Doo. Yeah. We get it. We've seen every iteration of Scooby-Doo. Exactly. It's fine. But there needs to be something to establish like Velma could be the top student in this school. Instead, she's just kind of a burnout. Instead, people keep on saying like you could be the top student in this school, but you're not doing it. And it's like, well, 
show us that she knows literally anything because she seems like the dumbest motherfucker on the face <laughs> yeah, of the earth. True. And so does Daphne. Yeah, neither of them ever, like it did that like movie shorthand where it showed them doing experiments or hacking to be like, they're clever, they're geniuses, don't worry about it. They never did anything right. clever. And they didn't actually solve, this annoyed me as well about this movie. They actually didn't solve the mystery. They got to the villain and then the villain explained the mystery. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's that's not really solving the mystery. That's finding out what happened. That scene was so funny, too, because it's one of those classic like villain monologues that come out of nowhere. But it's also like this entire movie is about tech and they go to a tech school and it's like you're going to just assume they're not broadcasting out, which (laughs) they are like they have your earphone things in their ear. They're talking to their dad like, hey, dad, call the cops. Yeah, it's like, hey. Say anything at all, like, hey, I set up a, a barrier that stops your broadcast from going out. Exactly. Just a Everybody simple has line phones. of dialogue. That's it's all so a little tech. Absolutely, for sure. And yeah, it, it was never established. You're right. Like, I guess Velma had a lot of robots she'd made. That kind mm-hmm. of made her seem clever. Yeah, she's a real Anakin Skywalker type. She's building <laughs> droids in her spare time. Great. So good. Yeah, but yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been nice if Elmer had been like, well, it's stupid. I'm not at the top because who cares? I don't want to be at the top. I'm happy just being cool and doing whatever I want. And then I was kind of looking forward to the like waste out Velma Dinkley and then the like popular girl Daphne but them just being friends right. like despite all like that's the kind of girl power you want there's so much dynamics here they're not playing with like yeah. Daphne lives in like a fucking mega mansion she's Absolutely. traveled around the world her entire life she's very learned Velma's never left town she's kind of a burnout she's kind of a nerd nobody likes her everybody loves Daphne that's yeah. fun stuff to play with instead they're like for sure Daphne wore a purple shirt to school, so everybody thinks she's a nerd now. And it's like, what? She's a fucking man. She's so rich. She's never going to be unpopular. Fuck you. (laughs) I know. Well, some people still, uh, people just commented on it. People still wanted to be a friend, but that was that the Greek chorus came back when she put on that um, purple outfit. Like she left the bus and everyone's like, purple outfit, eggplant. Oh my God. She's wearing the wrong clothes. It's like... She goes to the girl who ends up being the villain in the movie yeah. and the girl hands her a shirt and is like, hey, put this on. And she puts up an app on her phone where she can change what the shirt looks like, like color and texture and pattern and everything. And then she walks away. Daphne does. And the girl makes a face like, I got you now. I'm like, what is she going to like broadcast something on the shirt that's going to get her in trouble? I wonder what's going to happen. Nothing happens. I of forgot course. about that. That's so funny. Yeah. She just was like, hmm, <laughs> What? The editing in this movie is so fucked up. It kind of feels like it's either a two-hour movie that was cut down to an hour 15, or it's like a 30-minute movie <laughs> that they just added a bunch of extra scenes. It can't be... Oh, it absolutely. has to be one of those. It feels like, yeah, very much one of those movies like made by committee in that you had... Like, no one was talking to each other. Like, there, like I said, there's like a sense of humor that like snakes its way through this film where you're like, one writer on the writing team was knew what was funny, but... No one else did like well well look from your perspective <laughs> I didn't laugh at all during this and I did not enjoy it but that's okay. <laughs> now everybody knows what Jackson thinks is funny. This is you want you ever want like a snapshot of my sense of humor. Apparently it's Velma <laughs> and Daphne, the Cartoon Network live action TV um hour and a half movie. I'm trying to remember the moments right. that I laughed at. I what was it when the main like meathead jock guy, the Fred Andrews of this whole crew? Yeah. 
Wait, no, Fred Andrews is Archie's dad. Never mind. <laughs> was it when, when like, the douchebag jock guy, Griffith Griffins, or yeah. Griffin Griffiths, whatever it was, his, his two friends, one of them is, like, I always thought I could be a really good dad, and the other one is, like, I wish you were my dad. And then they I, riff about him being his dad for 45 fucking minutes. <laughs> I did enjoy the male positivity gang. They, they were sure. a lot of fun, but also... Such a strange choice. Like it was like I'm like it's a shame this is played for laughs and it's not just some guys who are really good friends. But I don't think I was laughing so much at that. It was always just like one little comment that made me like a like a tiny throwaway line that I was like, where'd that come from? Which is what makes me feel like it was one writer. Like they had the main team to write the sort of like large amount of jokes and then somebody would always get in with their like, hey, what about if they just offhandedly say this? Although now that I'm talking about it, What's worrying me is maybe those lines were improvised and I'm laughing at some terrible improvisation, (laughs) (laughs) which is a frightening thought. Yeah. I mean, this movie was written by four people. Okay. So that's always good. Oh, never mind. Characters by Ruby and Spears. So written by two people. Okay. Kyle Mack and Caitlin Mears. So which of those is the funny one? (laughs) I'm going to say... Caitlin, yeah. because she wrote on Ash vs. Evil Dead and Santa Clarita to Diet. Oh, wow. Kyle yeah. wrote on this and Kirby Buckets. <laughs> what is Kirby Buckets? It looks not good. <laughs> it looks- if you told me that you had a TV show called Kirby Buckets, I just don't know in what world that could be good. So <laughs> I think it's Kate that's bringing the comedy. It, it did that same reboot thing where we were just like like expected to accept all of the weird technology that was in this film. It it definitely feels like they're, they're like constantly looking for the answers to things. And I'm like, the technology in this movie is so like superf, like it's completely oh, yeah. out of this world. Like, of course there's going to be a hologram. Yeah. I guess that there's going to be a hologram like 20 minutes before it showed up, because of course that would exist in this world. When there's a robot that can pick your clothes out for you, there's also a hologram. That's the rule of thumb. Let's remember that the robot that could pick out Daphne's clothes was just her dad, I guess. Oh, what was her dad, (laughs) of course. But no, I I know what you mean. Like, it's like, and this film did so many weird, like, failed Chekhov's guns, like the T-shirt. Like when they're like, oh, you can use your phone to, like, look at someone's face and get all the information about them. That, That never came up. They kept on calling right. the main jock guy the second cutest boy in school. And I was like, surely they'll show us the cutest boy. Like, surely. <laughs> it wouldn't rob us of that. But no, we didn't get to see him. I think the cutest boy in school was probably going to be revealed to be Fred. And they didn't get around to it. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Well, I thought that at the end it was going to be like when they were like, somebody's been observing mysteries around the world. They were going to show Fred and Shaggy or something. But... That never really happened. I love to imagine Fred and Shaggy's spinoff that they yeah. have together where it's just like Fred bullying Shaggy constantly, <laughs> yeah. just like punking on him all day. He's like, get the fucking dog out of here. Why are you bringing a dog in a restaurant? What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Yeah, it's so sad. The Like, Velma is a big nerd and Daphne's like kind of preppy and they clash there, but that's like a normal clash we're used to. Jock and Stoner is not the usual clash. And especially if they were once friends, that feels like it's just Fred Jones being like, dude, get your life together, man. Like, I care about you. You know, I want you right. to be, you know, you thought about getting a job, maybe Shaggy and Shaggy being like, whatever, man, it's not important. You're like, yeah, but dude, your life's kind of falling apart. 
It's just so funny to me that they take the Breakfast Club. Yeah. They're like, this is the Breakfast Club, the perfect unit. They're all so interesting. They shouldn't be friends. They are friends. They go around and they solve mysteries together. Yeah. They take that. They take out the jock, the stoner, and the talking dog. They're like, that's the part (laughs) nobody wants to see about Scooby-Doo. The talking dog. Let's get rid of Scooby-Doo, the titular character. So now this is Daphne and Vel. And it's like, then they also took that and sort of neutered it down and made them sort of samey with each other. Yeah. So they're not really individual characters either. And it's like, okay. But watching it, it made me realize the kind of Daphne I want. Because because I was, again, like I've always said, every time I watch a Scooby-Doo media, I'm like, how are they going to treat Daphne? Right. And I realized that the perfect Daphne, she, she should just be like this fount of positivity and love for her friends. You know what I mean? Like she she like in this, they kind of bring that up. They're like, you're so supportive and you're so... Like right. kind and and you you assume everybody can do like whatever they want in life and you're always there for everyone. I'm like that's that's you need that in a group. I wish that's how people characterize Daphne. Right when Fred is being a downer and like telling everybody that they're worthless pieces of shit, yeah. Daphne has to be the one that <laughs> exactly. drags them back into the abusive behavior and <laughs> says, "Please, please don't leave. We need you, Velma. We need Velma. If you go, it'll just be me, Fred, and Shaggy. And you can you imagine how sad <laughs> that'll be." <laughs> We don't, I don't want that. Man, it's so funny to imagine that Mystery Inc. exists because Fred is worried about Shaggy's life choices and it's like, let's go on the I road. I can't leave this guy alone. <laughs> I can't leave him. I don't know what he'll do. It's just going to be him and his dog. It's so upsetting. Let's go Keeps solve mysteries. talking mystery. to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you a wage, dude. You need my... I'll, that's fine. Oh, we're solving mysteries together. That's sad. Shaggy's trapped Fred. They'll sort their lives. They're young. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> I think that you would like the characterization of Daphne in Be Cool Scooby-Doo, the sort of like family guy looking one. Like, oh, yeah. She's just kind of a goofball. She's always got like her makeup kit that she uses to like pick locks and everything. So that's, that's cool. cool. Like master lock pick. And she just like does goofy stuff. Like one episode she walks around, she like dresses up like Fred to like try and get into his mind. Oh, that's one episode great. she's got like hand puppets of the whole gang and she like makes them talk to you. It's funny. Yeah, it's no, good. that's good. That's good. Yeah. Be cool Scooby Doo was one where just like the art style turned me off it so much. But I'm sure yeah. if I gave it a watch I would enjoy it because it seemed I don't know, quite fun. I think also it was because maybe that one came out after Mystery Inc. So I was like, ah, oh, but Mystery mm-hmm. Inc. was so good. What have you done to it? Right. But no, I should, I, should, I should watch it. I saw, I don't know if you've seen, but the cast for Scoob has been announced. I, I did see that. Yeah, and man, that some of them are good choices. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, you know what? Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. Um, what do you got? Zach Efron, Gina Rodriguez, Frank Welker. Will Forte is shaggy. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's a kind of a good choice. And Zac Efron has big Fred Jones energy already. So, like, it kind of works. Amanda Seyfried? Seyfried? And this is something I didn't realize about Scoob. It seems like they're going to include all of, like, a whole bunch of other Warner Brothers characters. Like, Tracy Morgan is Captain Caveman. And okay, Ken Jeong is Dynamut the Dog Wanda. So we're finally getting the Warner Brothers Hanna-Barbera animated cinematic universe. It's finally happening. Like we've always wanted. <laughs> what everybody is clamoring for. O- originally, Dak Shepard was supposed to do this. Yeah. And they were like, Dak Shepard's whole pro... And then suddenly they were like, nope, never going to talk about <laughs> Dak Shepard again. No, like, don't worry about that. It's not important. I think from piecing together clues, Scoob is going to be about like a worldwide organization 
of mystery solvers because it seems like they're doing Captain Caveman, which was one of the Scooby-Doo clones, um, and they're doing Dino Mutt and Blue Falcon, which was almost another Scooby-Doo clone. I was going to say Jabberjaw, Dune Buggy, are any of these showing up? Uh, no, I can't, I, don't, I can't see any Jabberjaw or Dune Buggy. Or what was the other one that was like... It was the most carbon-copied Scooby-Doo. Funky Phantom? Yes, yeah, Funky Phantom. Man, that Hanna-Barbera had one idea. <laughs> hey, it was a good idea, though. I get it. Um, but, yeah, I guess the idea will be like, oh, there's like an organization of mystery-solving teens, <laughs> and they'll each solve a mystery, and, yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. I'm a little disappointed it's not just the main Scooby gang. I think that's where it's interesting, you know? Who cares about Captain Caveman? <laughs> Yeah, but I, I do kind of wish that they had just kept the voice cast that's really working in the animated oh, yeah. stuff for this. Why get a not even an all-star cast? You're like Amanda yeah. Seyfried and Tracy Morgan. Okay. All right, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think that like Matthew Lillard and you know Kate Micucci and all those people are killing it on TV. And it's like, why yeah. are voice actors not good enough for animated films? Oh, for yeah. sure. Did, like, Do you see that super sad tweet that Matthew Lillard posted when like the cast was announced he was like they didn't even did contact that. me that's so upset yeah, it's fucked Poor up matthew like yeah give him a buzz he's do he's good at it yeah absolutely well it's kind of like the most recent lion king movie where they're like what if we just got an all-star cast none of them voice actors so they're not skilled mm-hmm. at this particular job but you'll see the name and you'll be like whoa i like that person in the movie maybe i like just their voice pro tip you don't no, you show up and you're like, wow, they got an all-star cast to play Sarabit. No, she doesn't talk. Okay, cool. Oh, great. Absolutely. Oh, hey. Uh, Eric Andre's in this. He's not really doing anything. <laughs> yeah, he's not really. I'm not really seeing like Eric. It's just his voice. It's not It's not what you go to movies for. It's why you have voice actors. Yeah. yeah. Look, Scoob, hopefully it becomes like a, like a Universal's Dark Universe thing and dies before it can ever kind of go anywhere. Wow, dropping a Dark Universe reference. All right. Why would you hope that, though? Here's my thing. <laughs> sure. Every time they talk about, like, this, the Universal Dark Universe, I'm like, f- fucking do it. Make 10 of them. I want it. I want them all to be so terrible. <laughs> like, when they wanted to make, like, a Gem in the Hologram sequel, I'm like, who cares if nobody liked this movie? I liked this movie. Yeah. I oh, want another one. Give sh- me Green Lantern 2. No, you know what? That's super fair. And I like, like I've never, I haven't seen Tom Cruise's The Mummy, but maybe I should. It's something. It's a movie. <laughs> Maybe there's something to be said for like a franchise, Wiley Coyote style, just running out off that ledge, you know? Kind of like, I remember with the It's, it's Always Sunny gang, they were like, we'll stop at 10 seasons. And then apparently they had an internal meeting and they were like, let's keep going till it gets terrible. And that's a philosophy not enough people are using in their everyday. Keep going till it gets yeah. bad. See what happens. Make a Fantastic Four too. Why yeah. not? Let's see like, what. Let's see what happens. Do it. It, it. it can only get more interesting, you know. Yeah. It, it can only or it get, can get less interesting. <laughs> like that's happened too. But like Amazing Spider-Man Two is an incredible film that we never would have gotten if they had been like, well, the first one wasn't. Good. You know, Batman and Robin. Like yeah. Batman Forever didn't work out as well as they wanted it to. Batman and Robin's a fantastic film. Ten out of ten. Absolutely. I've I've recently watched The Amazing Spider-Man two because I always joke that I love that movie, and then I watched it again and realized that I genuinely love that movie. No, it's, I love that movie. It's, it's so amazing. good. It's so it's funny. So- <laughs> Aunt May's like Peter. You, 
you're not allowed to do your own washing for reasons that are unclear. And he's like, yeah, but I like want he's to. 24. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an adult. And she's like, last time you did it, your cl- everything came out red and blue. And he's like, I was washing the American flag. That's an incredible line. It's so good. Man. Oh, boy. I mean, I just always want them to run something to its natural conclusion. Venom 2, Venom 3, Venom 4. Give me all the Venom. Absolutely. I love Venom. I want more Venom. Give me Venom. Like, a middling movie is nothing. Scoobs is probably going to be a middling movie. I don't think it's going to be fun. But I'll see it. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Scoob, it'll, maybe they'll play it too safe. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, you want an Amazing Spider-Man 2. What I like about the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is that it's so full of hope. You know, the people who made this movie were like, this is the beginning of something great. And just, <laughs> it just wasn't. Do you think um, Daphne and Velma, like they, they, because they kind of set it up for a sequel at the end of this, this movie. Don't yeah, they, they do. I don't know if they're going to do that because there's so much Scooby-Doo material in the works at all time. They have Scooby-Doo Guess Who, yeah. where they have a different celebrity guest every week, but the celebrities are people you haven't really heard of. <laughs> they have Scoobs, and they yeah. have this. So Scooby-Doo Guess Who we almost did this week. I looked at the first four episodes. One of them was a basketball player. Yeah. One of them was Wanda Sykes, who is like C-list act, like not yeah. an actress that really... It was such a strange choice. <gasps> <laughs> and then I guess they have like Ricky Gervais coming up. I'm yeah. like, all right, I guess kids want that now. <laughs> I but I kind of like Scooby-Doo Guess Who because it's like totally just the new... Sco- were they called the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries or the Scooby-Doo Movies or something? Which was like after right. season two of Scooby-Doo Where Are You, they were like... Uh, what if we brought in, like, but it was celebrities from, like, the ni- 1972 or something. It's Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Three Stooges, Batman, for some reason. <laughs> well, isn't one of them with uh, with um, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who Wonder Woman, I think? I think they're, and Sherlock Holmes, for, maybe for another the new one? one. Yeah, they yeah. did Sherlock Holmes. That's yeah. so baffling. Who's that for? Like, when they say celebrity guests, I'm like, who are they going to get? And then you look yeah. at it, and it's like, oh, like, Chef... Ramsey yeah, from yeah. Kitchen. Okay. Cool. cool. I, I, I guess. I guess. Are they trying to like to pitch it to like a millennial audience who will because clearly it's not kids that are going to care about Chef Ramsey. But if you're like in your mid twenties, maybe you'll be like, oh, that's funny. I'll watch that. But then why have like Wanda Sykes and that demographic? And that's not her right. demographic, you know. Right, yeah. you, you would think that if they're trying to be ironic with it, they would get like Guy Fieri, yeah, or like absolutely. some kind of, like the guys from Smash Mouth or something. That would be really fun. Oh, that'd be. But a, they didn't do that. It's such a shame. You're right because the potential for like strange and wonderful choice it's so high. They they could have and who doesn't want to do an episode of Scooby Doo? You know who doesn't want to be on Scooby Doo and Guess Who? But instead, yeah, they've got some strange choices. Who have they got? I want to have a look now. Um, I know they're getting Sia. which I guess is good. That's good. That is good, yeah. But it also has that weird thing with like, oh, cool, it's Sia, but I don't like Sia for how funny she is on a anime. You know what I mean? Like, she's she's a musician who's great. Right, right. It's not, I don't know who we got. So Chris Paul, I don't know who that is. Sia. That's a basketball player. That's from the first episode. Yeah. Halsey, Ricky Gervais, Keenan Thompson. Wanda Sykes, Bill Nye, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Mark Hamill, and then Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel? 
Yeah, they they, they got the guy who played Steve Urkel to come back and reprise the role of Steve Urkel. Like I heard about that. Like he hasn't Who's played the the for? character in so long. I don't know who that's for. <laughs> that's so strange. Urkel doesn't yeah. work for anyone. Man, Scooby Doo's just doing whatever now. I guess there's nothing to talk about in Daphne and Velma. Obviously. <laughs> Well, I th- there, there's one part where the coach eats food out of the garbage. That was pretty funny, but yeah, it's kind of like a fart joke. Like it just happens and it's like, yeah. okay, I guess that's just like basically funny, but doesn't really make much sense. Someone eating trash is in and of itself a good joke, but you're not laughing at it. It, it didn't need to be in this movie. I liked that it was established that Daphne's choice of clothing is just because she doesn't know how to dress. Like, when they're like, because she, she picks an outfit that is a Daphne outfit. It's an outfit she'd wear in the cartoon. But the movie right. is like, it's no good. <laughs> Which is a kind of rough thing to say. I liked the way everyone was dressed. They were wearing their kind of block colours. Velma had a lot of cool jumpers. That was all right. I mean, I just think that there's a real logical inconsistency here where... Daphne dressed really, really well for years, her entire life, because her dad was dressing her. Yeah. One, she dressed really well for years and doesn't know how to dress. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Two, her dad dressed her for, for her entire life. Her dad, like, helicopter parented yeah. her and helped her do all this stuff. And then at the end, he's just like, sorry, I was helicopter parenting you. I'm going to stop doing that completely, and you're on your own. Yeah. It's like, okay, so she doesn't know how to dress. She doesn't know how to school. She doesn't know how to like make food for her like she's yeah. going to f- crash and burn because she is lived the most privileged life of all time i also like how arbitrarily like like it wasn't like hey she's reached a certain age where maybe i shouldn't helicopter parent her anymore it was just like her parents right. arbitrarily decided hey now's the time we're going to tell you what we've been doing I don't know. Too bad. You, it, we're not doing it anymore. No reason. Right as you move to a brand new school where you need to like make a good impression. You have no social skills because your dad is like masterminded every situation to benefit you. Yeah. Strange. So strange. Yeah. But then also because she's like, oh, I'm so lucky. But then isn't it later on like she kind of is very lucky still? And it was like unclear if it was her dad the whole... There was like a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, she just missed getting hit by something. That's not... I don't know. Her dad didn't do that. Like it was, it was strange. It was like they wanted her to be lucky still, because I guess they thought maybe that's a good character trait Daphne can have. But then they explained it away. But then they needed to bring it back. I remember a joke I laughed at when Velma fell into the woman with her mop, and then she held up a broken mop. Not when they did anything else with it, but that in and of itself made me laugh. I also liked at the end when Velma gave her a brand new mop, and the lady was like. <laughs> Okay, this isn't really good. For, this is kind of rude, to be honest. I have other mops, but thank you. <laughs> like, well, I mean, Velma seems like there seems like there's a lot going on with Velma and with the janitor. Like yeah. she's constantly talking about the janitor, and they're trying to make the janitor a character so desperately, but not really doing the groundwork to get there. No, she's like, I bet she's off in the south corridor mopping. She loves mopping. It's like Velma, <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe she doesn't love mopping Velma. You just see her mopping a lot. And they're like, man, she must love doing that. No, that's not how people work. I also like the, like very early on where it's like, um, you know, Daphne's like, I'm coming to your school. And Velma's like, oh, that's no good. And then the camera kind of like pans out to reveal that her room is, I don't know if it was trying to reveal that her room was full of like her attempting to, 
figure out what was going on in the school or if they were just like, her room is filthy, like Velma is a social pariah. That is why she doesn't want to know Daphne. Oh, no. I also like that they, in this film, are like, to save people, we need to sabotage other people's grades. And then it's kind of... I did love that part. (laughs) Kind of presented as justified, but, like, it's just such a weird moment in the movie. Velma manages to, like, fight her way to the tip top of this whole chart just by being the smartest person in school, but also sabotaging all these people. And nobody seems to notice that it's happening either. It's not like everybody's like, Velma's really like grasping for it and like pushing everybody. She shoved that girl into a trash compactor (laughs) to get her out of the way. And like nothing. No, not a a peep from the rest of the students. It's yeah. Very strange. Another weird bit of technology that I remembered in this movie was Daphne opened her locker and she had like a digital Polaroid on the inside that she could move of her and Velma. When was that from? That was they were fighting when she was looking at that. Did they take a photo online? <laughs> I, I just was very confused. Their entire relationship is so strange because yeah. I guess they've only been friends online. I guess they never knew each other IRL. Mm. Daphne moves to town and then decides to tell Velma like at the last minute, oh hey, I moved to town. Yeah. I'm gonna be your best friend. And it's like you, you would think that you would have known about this a while ago. Absolutely. And you would think you would have talked to your best friend about it. But they don't seem like that good of friends online. It seems like all Velma really does is debunk Daphne's yeah. crazy conspiracy theories on her YouTube. She's like an internet troll. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She seems like someone you would not be friends with. Like every time you're posting, you're like, maybe it was a ghost. And you just get Velma down in the comments being like, actually, correction, actually, correction. And you're like, yeah. hey, if you, if you don't want to watch block. it, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the realistic relationship. Daphne blocks Velma and just continues on doing what she's doing. Velma also did that annoying thing, but I guess she does that in the cartoon as well, where she just pulls statistics out of nowhere that clearly she's making up, where they'll be like, oh, it's a ghost, and she'll be like, it's actually a 0.20% chance it's a ghost. You don't know. What what study, It's like you ran the statistics in the middle. Well, I mean, everybody in this talks like a nerd in a CW show, like the computer guy at the terminal and the superhero. It's like somebody watched Arrow, and they were like, Oh, Felicity's kind of cool. Let's make everybody like this. <laughs> yeah. And there's nobody around. Like, you get annoyed when there's somebody in the show who's like, speak English, please. Oh, yeah. But then you don't have that person. You're like, oh, you need that person because <laughs> I'm an idiot. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. That would be so worthwhile right now. Absolutely. Yeah. We need a Shaggy to be like, oh, what's that? What? <laughs> it's true. It's The Shaggy is the self-insert character I need to be like, oh, th- there's a dumb fuck there who doesn't know what's going yeah, on. I'd even settle for Fred, honestly, but we don't even get that. Absolutely. I thought there was going to be a thing because they kind of made a point of pointing out, this is another failed Chekhov's gun, where they're like, it also takes into account your social media. And because Daphne was a girl who seemed like she knew what she was doing with social media, I thought when Velma was going to have to get up the charts or whatever, they were going to be like, hey, I can do it, but I can only do the brainy side of things. You need to help me with the social stuff. And Daphne would be like, that's where my skill set is. But no, no, that that would have been clever, but no. They just do like a viral video of Velma breaking the mop and they like really (laughs) make it happen. They lead That's the thing. This school is just like full of computer monitors and like everybody, I guess, is constantly vying to like become viral. Yeah. Like, I don't know. This is a very 2018 movie, but like made from... A super 
old person's perspective. Absolutely. Like they do one of those lame ass jokes where her mom is like, oh, this job is on fleek, 100, hit that, damn Daniel. And she's like, mom, nobody says that. Yeah. It's like, that's my least favorite joke of all time when they do that in a movie. It's so bad. And it, it was so weird in this as well because like, She's like, I think she was like, hashtag job goals. But then instead of being right. like, mom, nobody talks like that. All Daphne did was like fix it with this angry stare. And she was like, yeah. do people not say that anymore? And she was like, no, mom. <laughs> like, leave your mom alone. <laughs> like, It just made her seem really rude. It was a strange moment. In a film full of strange moments, it stood out. And also just that her mom is like, oh, I got my dream job at this amazing company that allows us to live in this yeah. fucking super mansion. And Velma's like, God, you're... Fuck, you're such a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, God, you're so like, fucking so lame, mean. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry I was excited about my new career opportunities. <laughs> I'm sorry, darling. Mommy will go upstairs and be out of your way. <laughs> um, I, I like that they never explained. So, like, all the students are getting sucked into this locker tunnel that is, seems like a secret passageway, but they never explain because whenever they break into the secret passageway... It's always not there, and they never explain why it's not there. I was expecting them to be like, it's a secret back panel, but no. Yeah, just not. yeah she she controls the entire school, I guess, so she I can suppose. just make it go. But it's like, it's like the whole thing is that Daphne and Velma keep on running into students. Basically, the plot is that she's sucking out their brains, yeah. making the top students dumb, whatever. They keep on finding these students like walking into lockers to be brain-sucked, and... They don't pull out their phones and immediately record it, which is the first thing that you do, honestly. <laughs> Absolutely, because you want to capture that. They never try and check the security footage. There's security cameras all over the school. Every moment is captured. And they never, like, if they tried to check the security footage, they would have been like, oh, somebody deleted it. Let's yeah. follow the clues. But they don't really investigate very well at all. No. I guess, like, 40 minutes of the film is them becoming friends and then... There's like a couple of bits where they follow a teen to the locker and then they go in the tunnels and then it ends sort of like there's not really any a clue moments. It also annoyed me that Velma got to say her classic catchphrase of jinkies, but Daphne never got to say her classic catchphrase of jeepers. I I noticed that and it annoyed me. <laughs> I don't think that jeepers is that long-standing though i don't think that one's made it into as many incarnations jinkies is definitely a scooby-doo stand like that's a cornerstone you need that's that. true and it came far too late in this it was like 45 minutes before we got one jinkies and i was like all right i guess i'll settle for that i feel like the hierarchy of scooby-doo catchphrases is jinkies zoinks jeepers surely that's how it goes I also don't think that Fred well, has a catchphrase. Gosh. No, Fred, Fred says gang a lot. He says, that's let's, true. Hey, gang, let's search for clues. Or he says, like, I'm let's setting up a trap. Up. Yeah. That's his thing. <laughs> that as a catchphrase is just not a good catchphrase. I'm going to set up a trap. What? Who are you? I think Fred's catchphrase is actually, I'll go with Daphne. <laughs> yeah. Because every time yeah, always split up. Such, such a strange choice. Go with Shaggy for <laughs> once. Velma and Daphne can play off each other. You leave Shaggy alone, who knows what he'll get up well, to. Well, I think Shaggy is the only one who can actually understand Scooby-Doo. So it's sort of like he has to go off with Scooby. You know, like Daphne's not going to try her best to understand what Scooby's saying. And he's not an important, all. vital member of the crew. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Daphne is just not going to bother. I always imagine Scooby-Doo as being quite slobbery. You know, he seems like yeah. one of those dogs that's always leaking from the mouth. 
Ew. Mm-hmm. I've made myself upset imagining Scooby-Doo's wet mouth. <laughs> yeah. I Look, I came into this being like, this movie was good, but as we've discussed it, I think maybe this movie was bad. <gasps> I'm sorry to taint you. I was so bored. While I was like, am I going to have anything to say about this? Which... Who knows if I did? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I Velma just, fights I, a bunch of robot spiders. That's about it, right? That was the worst moment of the film. <laughs> it, it just changed into like this weird low budget like slapstick on the nose. I don't know what that was. It was so strange. I, it wasn't yeah. even like a reference to anything. Like that's, that's what I was, I was thinking. Maybe there'd be... Like if, da- if they swapped it around because Daphne did Kung Fu for some reason in the... In the, the, like, 2001 movie? Whatever. Right. Monster Island. Yeah, Yeah, but no, just Velma did some fake-looking karate kicks at the spiders, and I guess that was fine. I I guess that I would say the main issue here is that the writers of this never really think about how these characters would exist in the real world the way that they are. And not in a cartoonish way. Like, if it was a cartoon, like Scooby-Doo, that... Their lives don't really make any sense, yeah. and that's fine. But here it's like, okay, so these two students, two of the top brains in the world, and especially at the school, got brainwashed, right? Yeah. They get all of their intelligence back suddenly. Like, they don't know what's happening. They're mm. like, okay, I'm smart now. And then they wait until the next day at school to tell them in the hallway, like, hey, we gave you your brain. And it's like, yeah, did they absolutely. not call somebody? Did they not tell somebody? Did these students not, like, go to the news and say, hey, I was brainwashed? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. I, also thought, I thought it was real weird at the end where they like called the cops. What did they say to the cops? Someone's stealing my thoughts. Please come and <laughs> save me. And I also like that there was helicopter sounds in the The police mobilized to save the day in this movie. Here, here's what it is, though, is that Daphne and Velma tried to tell everybody, hey, there's a brainwashing plot going on. And then everybody yeah. said, no, it's just hormonal teenagers. They're getting dumber because they're just dumb. They're dumb teens, shit teenagers. I guess. Yeah. And then they tell Daphne's dad, who calls the yeah. police and everybody, they send in the choppers and the military and everything because a white man did it. That's true. Just it's trying to make such a statement and doesn't really go there, but it really lays out the groundwork to make a statement. That's that's I think that's my whole feeling about this entire movie is that this is like a good first draft before you're like, well, let's make every like point we're trying to make actually make sense. Let's characterize these characters a little bit better so that they're let's tighten up the dialogue. Let's cut some of the chaff, right. some of the scenes that don't make sense. There's like a good 50 let's cast minute some different people in this. Yeah. Hey, let's see if we can get somebody who maybe knows what they're doing. Hey, does this plot make sense? The one person that really worked for me in the in the movie was the villain girl. She kind of seems like a young Allison Brie. And like yes. the entire time you're like, okay, so she's the bad guy. She's doing some nefarious stuff. But they somehow completely trust her because they're just dumb as rocks. Yeah. And she, yeah. she did an okay job in this. I guess yeah. she was kind of funny. Yeah, she was all right. Look, she, she had like a good kind of casual energy like when she gets got at the end she's just like well all right i guess you caught me cool she wasn't yeah, like stand around and, and talk for five minutes for some reason <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah she never she never like gloated or anything like it was just nice to see sure. a villain be like oh well yeah sure i guess you got me i would like to see oh, the good version of this movie you know what i mean that's what i feel like at the end if i could see this movie done well i think it would be great but this wasn't it which is so sad yeah, and I don't really know how to do the good version of this. Like, I think that it definitely is just that I want them to give the Riverdale treatment to Scooby-Doo. 
Yeah, like, that's always sure. what I've wanted. I want all of it's these characters dream. to be a little bit edgier. I mean, not more realized, not more real people, but definitely with more going on. Yeah, for sure. We want to do what I guess Riverdale did, where you're like, these are the beats of the character. We, if we keep this the same, we can change anything else we want. You know what I mean? What does this character right. look like in a kind of like sexy drama that is happy right. to go off the rails? Well, what is, what is it or, like then? Or or even Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is really fantastic in the aspect yeah. that it's just like, okay, this was like a comic book about a teenage witch that went on fun adventures. Then it was a TV sitcom. Now it's about a cult shit. And every episode is like yeah. a horror homage. Like do Supernatural with Scooby-Doo. Just do Absolutely. it. But they won't. I don't know. No, they never will. It's so sad. It's all there. It's all laid out for them to do, but they're just never gonna. One day. And unfortunately, I think we're going to have to make our way through Scoob first. And because Scoob is not going to be good. But when Scoob dies, then maybe we'll get what we want. We need Scoob to make enough money that they're like, there's still opportunity in this franchise, but this one was not the one. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of want Scoob to skew quite young and for it not to make much money. And they're like, maybe we got to skew a little bit older and then we'll get the film we want. Just give me like 10 years to sort of cement myself in the film industry and I'll cash in all my chips on this. I'll make Velma trans. It's going to be fucking great. Turn it into your passion project. I support you 100%. Jack, what is the best incarnation of Daphne and Velma? Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably the 2002 live action versions. Really? Yeah, I really like Linda Cardellini as Velma a lot. Yeah. And Daphne is just kind of fun in those movies. I think, like, I've always got such a soft spot for Mystery Inc., but I think it didn't do Daphne very much justice. Like, I think that was a really good version of Velma. She got a girlfriend at the end. Like, it was all it was all there. You know, you kind of watched her work through that. It was heaps of fun. Her girlfriend's name was Hot Dog Water. <laughs> yeah, which they kept calling her, which I thought was rude, but maybe she was in on the joke at that point. I don't know. But Daphne in that, like, other than the fact that she had, like, eight sisters, which I thought was great, and a very funny reference to the fact that in the original cartoon, like, every second episode, she's like, we're staying at my sister's house but it's always a different sister. I was like, yeah, good, fine. Right. Um, but uh, Daphne herself just seemed like her characterization was annoyed at Fred. And hey, that's that's just not that deep. But So I would say Mystery Inc. for Velma. Gosh, for Daphne, what, what could it be? Part of me wonders, and maybe I should give them a rewatch, but do you remember that Scooby-Doo series that was like Shaggy, Scooby, Scrappy, and Daphne? Where Shaggy yeah. wore a red shirt? I wonder if that gave Daphne some room to breathe, you know? Who did she, who was she in that show? What was her skill set? I don't know. I mean, probably nothing because that was like made in the 80s. So she was probably just nothing. The era that I always think of when you bring this up, because I think you brought this up on the show before. In the 80s, there was an era where it was Scooby, Shaggy, and Shaggy's girlfriend, Googie. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Who was like just like Daphne, but just a little bit more like Flower Girl. Yeah. You know. Oh, gosh. The Scooby-Doo lore is just so deep. There's so much going on. Let's hope that Scoobs incorporates all of it. Absolutely. Every tiny element of Scooby-Doo, bring in. Bring back Scrappy. Bring back that thief character. He was like a little boy thief that was with them for a bit. Bring him in. See what he gets up to. Mr. Monteverius, get Mr. Bean in there. It'll be great. Absolutely. Every single element. Look, screw doing a Warner Brothers or Cartoon Network, Hanna-Barbera, sorry, um, cinematic universe. Give me the just Scooby-Doo cinematic universe. 
on its own. The Hex Girls, bring them in. What else we got? Oh, that'd be so good if you get the live action elements involved too. Like suddenly yeah. like like Matthew Willard <laughs> walks in and you're like, oh my God, Whoa. it's Shaggy. It's really him. <laughs> and then bad 2002 animated Scooby-Doo comes <laughs> in too. He's like, oh, you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> Give me like into the Scoob verse. Give me <laughs> fucking <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Scooby-Doo's. That's what I want for the... Warner Brothers' latest incarnation, please. Oh, God, that rocks. Jackson, you mm-hmm. are one of the hosts on Plumbing the Death Star. Yeah. Shut up a second. Uh, you do D&D is for nerds as well? I'm on a, quite a few podcasts. If you want to listen to any of them, head to sandspenceradio.com. There'll be all of the many podcasts Sandspence Radio does. I feel like I'm on the vast majority. <laughs> Just pick one. I'll including this one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, including this one, exactly. <laughs> Cool. And where can people find you on Twitter and stuff too? If, yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at All Dogs Are Dead. I think I'm Hams Forever on Instagram if you want to find me there. And if you guys want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Stop Tweeting Mia. Jackson, thanks so much for coming on the podcast to talk about Scooby Doo again. Anytime. We got to do Witch's Ghost next time. Oh, yes. Witch's Ghost is such a good one. Also, Zombie Island, which I've never seen. Did you see that they're making another Zombie Island? What? They're working I on did it right it. now. Yeah, they announced it the other day. I'm excited about it. That's so good. Zombie Island is a, I've I've heard, a very intense Scooby-Doo experience. So I'll get on to that. Thank you guys for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week. As always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant, and I'm here if you need to talk. Like I'm starving, Scoob. Me too. Like I'll have 400 kids club meals. Me too. Look who's pulled into Burger King. Scooby-Doo and the whole gang. You can collect all five toys, one with every kids club meal. Thank you. (laughs) 